Happy Sabbath. Sabbath flow, Sabbath flow. Ever heard that term before? It's a term that my nieces, my nephews, my son, when they speak to each other each day, as the Sabbath hours approach, it becomes Sabbath flow. Sabbath flow to me kind of implies a smooth transition between the workflow, our everyday activities, coming into Sabbath flow, into the presence of God. So it's a smooth presence that we can feel in him. And so it is with our church. Are we coming into God's presence this morning? You know, the flowing gives you a picture of a smooth stream rippling down. Are we that way this morning in our church? It needs to be that way in our church because God's presence flows in our lives every day and church members here. But we know that um, things can happen in our lives and there can be obstacles in our, in our way. But it's okay because God's spirit is here with us. But are we willing to allow the spirit to flow to help us move onward and upward? Can we as Christians and even as members of Stone Tower Church press together toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Do you think we can? I think we can too. I believe we can. We need to believe in these things. And we need to keep ourselves prepared so that we can keep that prize in sight for which we are aiming. In Matthew 25, 1 to 13, rather, we read the parable of the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. The important message in that, to me, is not about the wedding, but it's the preparation that needs to take place. It's about being prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. So what I want to do this morning is quickly look at some parallels between a Jewish wedding and the marriage of the Lamb, because there are some very spiritual significance that goes along with them. First, is the betrothal, betrothal or the marriage covenant. It's interesting. It's not like our wedding or our where the man talks to the bride and says, I want to marry you. The father of the groom goes to the father of the bride. And those two talk to each other. And the father of the bride, I mean, the father of the bride then pays a price so that the marriage covenant can be put in place. And when that is done, then officially there are two people who will be, will eventually wed. But do you know we have been brought with a price too, haven't we? And that price was not money cannot buy what was paid for us. It is more than what money is. Second is a preparation. Preparation of a bridal chamber or bridal room. So the son goes back with the father, and he begins preparation. Now, it may take him a while, but he has to build a place for them to live. Is Christ doing that for us right now? He says in John 14, too, In my father's house are many mansions, for if it were not so, I would have told you. So Christ himself is also preparing a place for us. 
in heaven. Third, the time has come for the bridegroom to return to claim his bride. Hey, I'm here. Come on, let's go. Does that happen? No. When the bridegroom comes to claim his bride, he waits for his father to tell him, go. Everything is all done. All has been prepared. Go and claim your bride. So now is the time, he says. The bridegroom goes, and the bride knows that he will return. Do we know that too? So like the bride, we know that he's coming, but in Matthew 24:36 it says, "But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Even Jesus Christ doesn't know when he's coming, but he is waiting for his father to tell him, "Go." And he has promised us, and he says, "If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again." And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. At the appointed time, the bridegroom is with his party. A sound can be heard. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming, the groomsmen yell. The bridemaids quickly awaken, light the way, so that the bridegroom can see where he is going to come and claim his bride. Again, familiar? What happens when Christ returns? It won't be quiet, will it? First Thessalonians says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Angels will descend from the skies. Lights will be flashing. No one will miss it. All on earth will see Christ descending. Where will we be? Fourth, this is interesting, is a, they have a ritual cleansing. This is where the bride, before her wedding day, will fully immerse herself into water, into a pool, signifying a purification process and the beginning of a new life, really. At first I thought baptism. But, you know, we've already been baptized. We know that. And she's already been ready for the bridegroom but we too need to go through a purification process but it's not with water it's with fire so we must with fire that shall try every man's work and test the quality of each person's work how refined are we fire reveals the difference between precious stones now precious stones Some of them can withstand fire, can't they? Even diamonds, they glow even brighter, get stronger. So it reveals the difference between a precious stone and the stubble that lays on the ground. The weakened wood, the trees, they all burn up. Nothing can be seen of that. A sobering thought of our character. Then fifth is the wedding ceremony itself. 
Now remember, bride and groom has never met. So all of a sudden, the bride is coming back with her party, with the groom, and this is the first time they have met. Now I don't know if I, if I see this man coming for me, if I would really go with him because I don't really know who he is or what he's doing. But the bride was, had confidence. She believed in that her father knew what was best for her. So before the families come together, the bride is presented to her husband, and together they enter into the room where they will get to know each other. All the preparations that during the past year she feels was worth the effort because she is going to be married to her, her husband. So too, when we are presented to Christ, when he returns to claim us as his bride, Revelations 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. The preparations are all done. Are we making ourselves ready? Are we doing what we need to do right now in order to prepare ourselves for that time when Christ returns? Sixth is the wedding feast itself. Now, the celebration, like here, a few hours, it lasts a few hours. But celebrations in other areas, it can take over a course of several days. And when the celebration begins, each guest is given a garment. Now, depending on the status of the bridegroom and his family, it may be a simple garment, it may be an elaborate garment. But nonetheless, a garment is given to every guest that comes in. They put it on, and they enter into the wedding feast. And they wait until um, the bride with her bridesmaids join them, and they enter and join in the celebration. Finally, the bridegroom arrives. I can just see him walking in, looking over, the guests, and then sitting down to join his bride. Another sound familiar, the story? A little bit? You know, Christ is inviting all of us to partake in that wedding feast. And he has given us a garment. He has a garment for us. And his garment is being provided by himself. Those who choose to accept the garment and put it on them, Show a, a, it's a sign of respect and gratitude and acceptance of his grace and his mercy. However, there are some who will refuse that wedding garment. And those who refuse shall what? Are they worthy? They're unworthy, and they shall be cast out, and we shall hear the gnashing of teeth. Where are we Where do we want to be? You know, as we come into the presence of Christ, he covers us with that garment, his robe of righteousness. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Revelations 19.8. As a bride of Christ, the church, our church, must be kept pure, sanctified, and holy. For we are the bride of a king, the king of this, the whole universe of Christ. Now, have you noticed who's doing most of the work here? 
Is it the woman or the man? The man. The woman kind of is the total opposite of what we do here. I think the women find themselves very busy. But we have the assurance that Christ will return. Now, she's preparing herself with all the earthly things she might need, blankets, clothes, whatever she might need for her house. And that's the only preparation she has. The man was doing all the work. But are we making the necessary preparations in our lives right now? Or will we be caught off guard like the five foolish virgins? Ellen White writes this about the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. She says, or she writes, All who wait for the heavenly bridegroom are represented in the parable as slumbering because their Lord delayed his coming. But the wise roused themselves at the message of his approach and responded to the message, and their spiritual discernment was not all gone. And they sprang into line. As they took hold of the grace of Christ, their religious experience became vigorous and abundant, and their affections were set upon things above. They opened their hearts to receive the Holy Spirit, by which the love of God was shed abroad in their hearts. Their lights were trimmed and burning, and sent forth steady rays into the moral darkness of the world. They glorified God because they had the oil of grace in their hearts and did the very work that their master did before them, went forth to seek and to save those who were lost. That's taken from the Signs of the Times, June 28, 1910. But I just want to briefly look at some things that I gleaned from just that passage. We know that the foolish don't see a need for Christ. There's, we're all sleeping, but the foolish think, I don't, everything's going good right now. I don't need to worry about it. I'll take care of it later. But those of us who are wise know that he is coming. So it says, we get up, we spring into action, because we know there is much work to do before he returns. Just like the bride... She knows that she needs to get too busy doing the things before her bridegroom returns. And as a result of the wise springing up, moving, it says our spiritual discernment increases. We become more aware. We, we, we know that the Lord is coming. We look on spiritual things. We claim the grace of Christ We become excited about our own religious experiences, and we want to share it with others. We want to tell others what good things the Lord has done for us. We open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, and we are the instruments to bring the light of Christ to a sinful world. We glorify God, accept his grace. We, we, his grace, the oil of grace, And we go forth to do what our master did. But so you notice the focus is not on us, really. It's on others. What can I do for my brother and my sister? What can I do for you? What can you do for me? What can we do for each other, the church? But finally, I think the most important, and we 
we all know this, is prayer. But the prayer is not the kind of prayer that we say in the morning. You know, thank you, Lord. Be with me throughout this day. Guide my footsteps. Those are important. Yes, don't get me wrong. Those are important prayers. But the kind of prayers we need is the prayer that is heart-wrenching, earnest prayers, where we pour ourselves out before God to ask us, Lord, humble me, change me. Because if we don't change, how can we become humble? How can we show Christ to others? We need a change in our mind, our heart, our spirit, our attitude. For prayer, we are told, is the key to heaven. Our character must be filled with his oil of grace. We must come with a Christ-like heart, mind, spirit, and attitude, fully accepting the robe accepting Christ's robe of righteousness. Everything is ready, he says. All has been prepared for you. Come, let us live together in the presence of my Father. Revelation 19.7 again says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Are you ready? Am I ready? Is our church ready? If you say no, then let's get together and let's get ready. And if you feel you are ready, continue doing what you are doing and help others prepare themselves too. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to this.